Welcome to the podcast of the Renew Community. We strive to be a Jesus community who cares about the things Jesus cares about. As we adapt in this season of pandemic, we are meeting in our house churches in person and online as a primary space for worship, formation, connection, and encouragement. Teachings like this are one way we engage with scripture seeking to become more like Christ. These teaching podcasts also serve as a conversation starter for deeper engagement at House Church. We're glad you're listening. As the kids are, are being dismissed, uh, yeah, it, Steve mentioned it has been a kind of a, a tough summer for their house church, a tough summer for Renew. Um, but yeah, we, we said goodbye to the Freeds last gathering. They actually got on the road yesterday. We say goodbye to the Fifis. Um, yeah, it's, it's not easy saying goodbye. And there are other families who have left Renew. Um, but it is, I just keep getting this image this morning as, as Jeanette was sharing and as folks were sharing stories that this, this grafting of a branch. So as we send the Freeds, as we send Jeanette and Fredo, that they're going to be grafted into another church body somewhere. And they're going to bear amazing fruit um, because they're connected to the vine. And that is Jesus. And we've said goodbye to others, and that's hard. But we, we send them to other churches, to other people to bear fruit. And we also trust and we pray that the Lord is going to continue to bring people and graft people into this vine, this vine, uh, this branch that's on the vine of Jesus called Renew. Uh, and so I just want to pray that. I felt like the Lord is uh, putting that on my heart before we get started with the teaching um, and, and I know, like, yeah, it, it comes with grief to see people go. Um, if those are things that you want to talk about, please, uh, Aubrey uh, and I are available, the elders, your house church shepherds. Um, it's okay to, to express that sadness. Uh, but we also, yeah, we send them with both joy and sadness. Uh, so let me pray. God, we... We are thankful for your steadfast faithfulness. In every season, in every change, you are faithful. Your love endures forever. Your love endures for Jeanette and Fredo and for the community that you are planting them in. Your love endures for the Freed family and the community that you are planting them in. For the Smiths, for the Fredericks, for the Richies, for, for others who are, whose names may be escaping me right now, apologize, but uh, we pray that your love would continue to endure and that they would continue to see you at work in their lives and in the faith communities in which you are drawing them into. And Lord, we also, we pray that you would bring people into this faith family that you would continue to bear fruit as you renew, renew. Lord, would you renew, renew in the season to come? I thank you for those who are here, those who are continuing to say yes to you. And those who are, aren't quite there yet, but who are ready to say yes in the weeks and months to come. Because God, you are good and you will bear fruit. 
And so we, we pray that you would help us to stay, to abide in Jesus, to stay connected to the vine and continue to lift one another up that we would see uh, your kingdom come in Renew, in Lansdale, in Upper Salford, in Schwenksville, in North Wales, in Telford, in Souderton, in Harleysville, in all of these areas, in Quakertown, in Percocet, Lord, in Greenville, South Carolina, in Indiana, Lord, your kingdom come and your will be done. Amen. Oh, and Lord, one more thing. Thank you for my neck. Okay, the last one was a prayer of my five-year-old nephew about a month ago. We were on vacation. He loves to pray when we gather around the table. And one, one evening at dinner, he says, Lord, thank you for my neck. And the adults started laughing. Like, but as I was laughing, I was like, wait a minute. That is a really awesome prayer. Yeah, God, thank you for my neck. I haven't thanked you for my neck ever, I don't think. And over the last month, I'm like, yeah, God, thank you for my elbows. Thank you for my knees. And, and a thank you especially for my hip, which many of you have prayed for. And I, I want to praise God because I've experienced some amazing healing in my hip. Um, beginning of the summer, excruciating pain when I went to sit down. And the house church prayed for me. I have not experienced that excruciating pain since. So, yay, God. Um, Yeah, some, some moments of soreness, but even that has amazingly diminished, and so I'm thankful. Uh, but I, I say all these things, thank you for my body parts, because we're in this series on being church together. And one of the favorite metaphors in the New Testament for the church is the body of Christ. The church is a body. And we've been talking about identity and purpose of the church. Who is the church? What is the church? The church is God's chosen and redeemed people called out of the world, called out of sin and out of darkness into God's kingdom through the saving, reconciling, healing work of Jesus. That's who we are. And why do we exist? We exist as a community to live and proclaim that Jesus is Lord and to grow up together into the full stature of Christ following the way of Jesus so that God's love, God's wisdom, God's power is revealed to the world. And we exist to continue Jesus' mission, to continue Jesus' reconciling and renewing work, to do the things he did, to obey his teachings and spread the good news of his kingdom, formation and mission. How do we do that? One of the ways is by everyone using the gifts given by Jesus through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is an identity marker of the church. The church is marked by the presence and power, the gifting of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit gives us gifts to carry out Christ's work, to carry out Christ's mission, to work together, to building one another up into the fullness and likeness of Jesus, to bless one another, to minister to one another, and to those outside the church. Again, one of the favorite metaphors for the church is the body. 
And that metaphor means a few different things. One of the things that it means is that we are the ongoing presence of Jesus in the world. So just as Jesus, who was God, who was the Word, became flesh, took on a human body and came to the earth and ministered to people, so now he sends us as his hands, as his feet, as his neck, into the world. We represent Jesus to the world. We are called to be his body. And we also see in this metaphor that the body is one. There is unity of the body, but it consists of many different parts. A diversity of different gifts, different abilities, different talents, all working together to do what Jesus wants us to do, to live out our identity and fulfill our purpose. The purpose of these gifts, these different body parts and their special abilities is to build one another up in love into the fullness of Christ, and to equip one another for ministry, to bless and serve one another and the world. And we are, we are told, we are encouraged to seek these gifts, to pray for them, to ask for them. But we also have to recognize that these gifts are not self-serving. They are for the service of Christ and for the equipping of others for ministry. <clears throat> for the building up of the church, both that building up consists of both drawing people into Christ, drawing people to Christ and into the church, and also in discipling those of us who are already here into maturity and deeper faith in Christ. We've been talking about ecclesia, meaning called out. That's the word for church. We're called out and called into. We are called out of a culture of competition into a culture of cooperation into a body. We're called out of a culture of fierce independence into a culture of interdependence, where we support and encourage and also rely on one another. There's a few passages in scripture that talk about this idea of the body and the gifts. Uh, they are 1 Corinthians 12 through 14. Romans 12 and Ephesians 4, and there are other places that talk about these things too. I want to encourage you, we're not going to read all of those today. I've got a few that I want to read. But I want to encourage you in the, in the week to come as your homework, whether you see that as a challenge, an invitation, uh, an encouragement, whatever word works best for you, read these passages this week. So 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. Those three chapters, Romans 12 and Ephesians 4. I want to read right now uh, a few verses from the beginning of 1 Corinthians 12. Paul writes, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be unaware. I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is a curse. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So we see this beautiful interplay of unity and diversity. Our diversity is meant to draw us into unity under the Lordship of Jesus. 
our unity in Jesus to be reflected in our diverse gifts and expressions for the sake of building us up into him and for the sake of manifesting his lordship, his kingdom in the world. And these gifts are meant for the common good. So Paul was writing to a Corinthian church in which they had a hunger for these gifts, a hunger for these gifts. But unfortunately, they seem to see these gifts as like, look at me, look how awesome I am because I have this gift. Paul's like, that's not what this is about. And so at the end of chapter 12, he says, earnestly desire the greater gifts. And then this whole beautiful chapter about the gift, the excellency of love. Hope, faith, and love, these are the greatest gifts. These are really the core of what our church, what the church is about. That's the goal. But the gifts are meant to grow us into those things, into hope, faith, and love. They're meant to be expressions of those things. And so Paul writes again, earnestly desire spiritual gifts in chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians. Earnestly desire spiritual gifts. They are good when you use them in love to engender hope and love. Ephesians 4, 4 through 16. There is one body and one spirit, just as also you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. He gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry or for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to maturity, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. So again, we see that theme of unity coming through. Love and unity. If you're ever talking about the church, I think you should be talking about love and unity. That is... <laughs> a huge part of what we are called to as the church, love and unity. But that theme of unity comes through as both the source and the goal. Our one faith comes from the one Jesus to draw us into oneness of faith that grows us in love into the fullness of Jesus. What I really want us to notice here in both of these passages, no one is left out. No one is left out. 
No one is left out. If you have faith in Jesus, if you claim Jesus as Lord, then you have the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit in you. And that Spirit in you, that Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit gifts you. You are vital to the church. Now, in the world, it works a little bit differently, right? So, Fredo, you applied for a job. They looked at your resume and said, okay, this guy can do this, 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 and this. Yeah, we can hire him. Because it looks at what we can do and says, yes, this person is of worth. The kingdom and the church works the other way. Right? Jesus says, you are worthy I want you in my family. In the family of God, in the house of God, there is a place for you. There is a place for you in the house, in the family, in the body. Because of who you are, because I love you, because of what I've done for you. That's what Jesus says. Not because of anything you did. Not because, oh yeah, you've got these gifts, so yeah, come on in. I need you. No, 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 it's because of who you are. But then once you're in, Jesus says, here's the Holy Spirit. Now do all of these things. Here's a gift for you to give to the church. Here's your role. Here's, here's the body part I want you to be to build up the church. So if you have faith in Jesus, if you've claimed Jesus as Lord, then the Spirit moves in and begins to give you the gifts not just for you, but for those around you, and for the world around you. So notice these words in these passages. To each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part. So what I hope each one of you is hearing this morning is that you are vital. You are essential in God's family. You may not feel like it. You feel like, what do I have to offer? Let's figure that out. Because the Spirit wants to gift you, has already gifted you when you claimed faith in Jesus, when you professed faith in Jesus. In 1, Corinthians told, in, in 1 Corinthians 12, we are told that every part is essential. And to drive the point home, Paul writes, the members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. The members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. Each one of you is vital to the body of Christ. We need you. Every one of us, each one of us, is of great worth to God and is deeply loved by God. Every one of us is called to follow Jesus, to surrender our life to Him. Every one of us can and is called to love. We're capable of it. Every one of us can and is called to serve. Every one of us is called to build up the church. Every one of us is given grace gifts through the Holy Spirit to love, to serve, and to build others up, to equip, and to minister. 
And I want to I want to highlight these five gifts that Paul talks about in Ephesians. Uh, some will talk about this as the fivefold gifting of the Spirit. You maybe hear it called APEST because it stands for a prophet, apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers. Now that word shepherd is also pastor, so you may hear it as APEST. Uh, there's two P's, so they like to use shepherd. But apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, or shepherds, pastors, shepherds. Um, but before I get into those five, uh, I just want to run down a list that's in 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans, and Romans 12, because there's lots of other gifts. There's lots of other ways. So you, you may not see yourself in those five, but I want to tell you that you are included in those five because those are core. But here are some of the expressions of those gifts. Words of wisdom, words of knowledge, faith, healing, effecting miracles, prophecy, discernment of spirits, speaking in different languages and tongues, interpreting different tongues, helps, administrations, prophecy, service, teaching, exhorting, encouragement, giving, leadership, showing mercy. All of these are grace gifts. And I want to say a huge thank you to Aaron, who has the gift of administrations has been reserving park pavilions and making sure we get to where we need to be for gathering, making sure we have the key to the bathrooms. She has a gift for administrations and she's using it for the sake of the body. All of these are grace gifts given for the sake of building up one another for the and for being ministers of reconciliation in the world. Again, I want to focus on these five. As I describe each one of these, I want to invite you in. I want you to be thinking, not, not so much which one of these applies to me, but rather, especially for those of you who have been part of Renew, who know lots of people in Renew, or even if you just know a few, who comes to mind when you hear the descriptions? And just make a mental note of it. Who comes to mind as you hear the descriptions of these different giftings? And especially, who are some people who come to mind who may not see themselves as gifted in this way? But some of you are very aware of your gifts. And others of you are thinking, I, Ben keeps saying I have a gift. I'm not sure what that is. And so I think it's important for us to think, who are those people who may not be aware that they're an apostle or a prophet or an evangelist or a teacher or a shepherd? So here we go. So just make a mental note as we go through this. So apostles. Apostles, I've heard folks describe apostles as dream awakeners or the spark of movement. So apostle means sent one. So apostles have this deep understanding that they are sent by Jesus to carry out his mission. So they are always rooted in who they are sent by, and they're continuing the apostles, the original apostles that Jesus sent, they're continuing his message of Jesus and the kingdom. They are pioneers. They're looking for new places, new spaces, new means and methods of carrying out ministry, and carrying forth the message of Christ's kingdom. These are starters, planters, those who start new ministries to bear witness to Jesus. They're entrepreneurial, they're visionaries, they're initiators and innovators. They're always coming up with new ways, new ideas, creative and innovative ways to do kingdom work 
that makes sense in, where, in their context. They're asking the question, who is God sending us to and how can we connect with them? And are we leading the people of God to their destiny? The apostles are the one who continually keep the churches, keep the church on mission. Who are we being sent to? Prophets. Prophets are heart revealers or the voices of alignment. So prophet means to tell forth. And a lot of times we think that means predicting the future. That sometimes happens, but much more prophets are those who are speaking forth the heart and message of God. They seek to reveal the heart of God and also reveal the hearts of people. And they seek to bring those into alignment. So prophets are calling us to align ourselves with the heart of God, to God's promises, to God's words. They align both individuals and the church as a whole. They bring correction and they challenge the assumptions we have that are derived from our culture rather than from what God is saying. They question the status quo and they draw the community back to obedience to God. The heart of God is central to prophets. They're listening. What is the heart of God in this situation? And often prophets will get words or images and they're called to speak that image, speak that message and allow the community to hear it and to interpret it together. Prophets are often concerned with justice and mercy because they're seeking to align the order of the world with God's order, the order of God's kingdom. Prophets are brilliant at encouragement, literally speaking courage into people because they're encouraging faith in God and what God has promised. Again, prophets are aligners. They seek to align people to the way of Jesus. Prophets are continually asking, are the people of God hearing God's voice and responding appropriately? Evangelists. Evangelists are storytellers and they are connectors of need. Evangelist means a messenger of good news. One who tells, proclaims, and shares the good news, the gospel of Jesus. Now evangelists in any realm are people who when they experience something good, they are eager to share it with others. So you'll know an evangelist when they say, I just discovered this awesome new recipe. You have to try it. It's so good. These are evangelists. But evangelist then takes the core, the, the really good thing. I've experienced the goodness of Jesus, and you got to hear it too. Because this is good news. These are evangelists. I just discovered this awesome new nut butter. You have to try it. <laughs> I, I, I have this amazing cleaning product. You gotta try it, it's awesome. I'm not naming any names of any evangelists in here, but <laughs> give some hints. Evangelists are also people, pers people persons. They love to be around other people. They love to, to bring people together in social contexts. They make the word of scripture, the gospel message relevant and clear to non-Christians. They are eager and passionate to share their faith. Okay, I'm going to mention a name, Kent. He's an evangelist, in case you were wondering. They share testimonies and they talk about Jesus with anybody who will listen. They easily draw others into discussion about Jesus' faith in the kingdom of God. Again, similar to apostles, evangelists keep the church's heart and eyes set on mission. 
reaching out to those who do not believe. The core question that evangelists ask, are new people entering the kingdom of God? Are new people hearing the good news? Pastors or shepherds, these are soul healers or the cultivators of experience. Just as a shepherd takes care of sheep, so shepherds in the church are those who feed, who care for, who nourish and protect the church, the people of the church. They care for others with tender and compassionate hearts. They foster discipleship. They, they nourish so that growth can happen. They're good, empathetic listeners who provide comfort and encouragement. They're patient and typically gentle. They tend to enjoy more one-on-one -on -one time in small group where conversations go deep. They are deeply hospitable, not just in opening up their home, but they have this hospitality of heart that just welcomes people in where they can experience safety and journey toward healing. Pastors and shepherds are really good at journeying with others through thick and thin, through all seasons of life. The core question they ask, are the people of God caring for and showing compassion for people? Teachers. Teachers are light givers, enlighteners of truth, instructors, uh, explainers, learners, and teachers. They seek truth, and then they seek to share it with others. And they're always looking for ways to communicate it in ways that are meaningful and understandable. To make it accessible to others so that it's not just information, but actually leads to formation and transformation. They're seeking to move people into wisdom, understanding, and knowledge, and growth. They are deeply committed to the scripture, to learning the scripture and making it accessible to others, teaching other people the scriptures and how to obey what Jesus has taught. Teachers are always asking, are the people of God immersing themselves in the word of God and living it out? All right, so now that we have some descriptions of all these, what I actually want you to do is gather around a table um, some of you are sitting at tables, some of you are sitting at chairs. If you could gather around a table, what I'd actually like you to do is I've got sheets of paper with these five on there. Just name names of folks that come to mind as you think about each of these. So at each table, you're going to just come up with a list together. Uh, if you're new with us or relatively new with us and you don't know necessarily people within Renew who may have these gifts, you can be thinking, who are some people I know? Um, if, if it's from another church. Uh, if you're new to Jesus, you, this may be unfamiliar. That's okay. You can listen. Um, or you, could, you can also share, hey, I think this might be what Jesus has for me. I see some of these things in myself. And especially around your tables, I, I would like you to, to speak into those who are around your table and what gift you see them having. Okay. So I'm going to pass out those lists. As you're doing that, I also want to pass around a sign-up sheet. Over the last month or so, we've been asking folks to volunteer to be with our kids at gathering. And the reason I'm doing this now, the reason we're passing around this sign-up sheet is because this isn't just a volunteer. This is a very practical and tangible way that we actually live out what I've just been talking about. So we all have an opportunity to serve and disciple our kids. And we need lots more people to invest in our kids. Almost all of us can do this. 
And here's what's so beautiful about this. Mary, who is our Renew Families director, she's a teacher. So I'm giving you one on that list. You can write Mary. She's a teacher. She has a gift for teaching. She has a gift for taking scripture and making it understandable for kids. But she's also, it's not her responsibility to teach all of our kids for us. She's also an equipper. And she has done a fantastic job of making sure anyone who is willing to serve with the, quid, with the kids at gathering is equipped to do that. You don't have to be a teacher. Mary will give you what you need to teach our kids, to be with our kids. And your presence with them is discipling. There's something awesome happening over there right now. I can't wait to hear about it. So I'm going to pass that around because it's such a tangible, practical way. The, the sign-up list, put your name. Even if you're already volunteering, we still invite you to put your name because we also have dates for our upcoming gatherings. And what we would ask you to do is mark down what dates you are not available. If you know you're not available for that date, mark it down. If you put your name on there, we know you're, you're ready to volunteer. You're ready to minister to our kids at gathering. Um, so I'm going to pass that around as well. All right. I know we could probably continue this conversation for quite a while. I'm hearing some good stuff. Uh, as you look at that list, I just, want to, I just want to invite you, if there's somebody on that list who you feel like, I just need to affirm this gift in that person, like, please do that, whether it's today or whether it's this week. Just say, hey, I noticed that you have some real gifts for shepherding, and I want to thank you for the ways that you have cared for, for me or my family or for so-and-so. This is, you know, we practiced this about a month ago, honoring one another, right? We honor one another by calling out what is good and affirming them and thanking them and encouraging them in that. Uh, a a couple, couple other things I just want to say. The pandemic has shifted so much, right? And one of the things that shifted is the landscape of the church. And so if there is ever a time where the Lord would want to raise up apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers, I'm pretty sure now is a great time. Every time is a great time, but especially in this season, in the new landscape that we have ahead of us, with where folks have been and where folks are going, now more than ever, we need apostles. We need apostles who are finding creative and innovative ways to manifest the kingdom in our communities. We need prophets in this divisive cultural climate. We need prophets who are calling us to the heart of God. People whose lives have been rocked, they need their hearts to be revealed and to be brought in alignment with the Lord's. We need evangelists who can clearly communicate the good news of this Jesus who is a healer who is a rescuer, who brings abundant life. We need shepherds and pastors who can heal, who can bring healing, who journey with people through their pain, through the trauma, who bring care and compassion as well as guidance. We need teachers who are continuing to expound the truth of Scripture, continuing to root us in Scripture, 
and help us move in obedience to the Lordship of Christ. And I, I want to, I also want to give us an open invitation for gatherings and for house church. And we talked about the church, Jesus speaks and acts in his church. So when we gather, we expect that Jesus is speaking and acting. If you're ever sitting and gathering and you feel like, man, the Lord just feel like the Lord is speaking to me this morning. Would you share that with a house church shepherd, with one of our uh, elders? Because we, we need to hear from you. And the shepherd and the, and, and the house church shepherds and our elders can help discern, okay, is this, is this something that the Lord wants to speak to all of us? Or maybe a few of us? Or maybe that message is for this person over here? And so we, we, we want to have that culture where we're, we're, we're discerning. What does the Spirit want to speak to us? What is, how does Jesus want to speak and act in his church? And the last thing I want to say is, this is, all of these gifts come from Jesus. That's what Paul writes in Ephesians. He gives these gifts. Why and how? Because Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. We need to be rooted in that. Jesus is the head of the church and the giver of these gifts because he possesses all of these gifts in all of their fullness so he can give them to us. He is all these things. Jesus is the teacher, the rabbi, who people were like, whoa, this guy teaches with authority. There is truth in him. He is the one who is the master teacher who teaches the way of life. Jesus is the pastor, the good shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep, who knows his sheep by name, who is gentle and compassionate, loving and wise. Jesus is the great evangelist, the one who came proclaiming the good news of God's kingdom, recruiting people to follow his way, the way of the kingdom, the way of abundant life. And Jesus is the prophet, the one who perfectly reveals God's heart and knows the hearts of humanity. Hebrews 1, 1 through 3 says, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. That's the prophet right there. He's the one that we look to, to see God's heart. And Jesus was the apostle, the one sent by God to save the world, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. Sent by the Father into the world that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Church, together, let's use the grace gifts that Jesus in all of his fullness is giving to us to build one another in love, in love to his fullness. Amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast of the Renew Community. This in no way should replace the formation within a community of Jesus followers. If you are looking for a church, would like more information about Renew, or would like to give financially to this ministry, check out our website at renewcommunity.org.